Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Dog. Good morning, everyone. It's V, the Gorilla Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Rogue News in the Morning. It's V for Velas. Velas is with us. And we have also CJ working the airways, making sure the broadcast is coming out crispy and clean. Check us out, roguenews.com. Roguenews.com on every single podcasting app known to humanity. We're everywhere you want us to be, plus a bag of chips, or in this case, a packet of vapes. And CJ, what is the specials <laughs> over at our um, sponsored? Um, this. Jeez, the specials right now are, are the twenty five percent off across across the board, and uh, we're going to get the new products killer. loaded uh, by the end of the weekend. Those will be ready for Monday. That's going to be killer, Ooh. folks. Get over there, mycbdedibles.com, mycbdedibles.com, purity, potency, and power. And also check out Neurotracker, NeurotrackerX.com, NeurotrackerX.com. Don't let your brain be broken like your name is Fetterman or Biden. Get over to Neurotracker.com. Keep yourself sharp. You're going to keep your wits dry and your IQ high, NeurotrackerX.com. And with that being said, Velas, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good. Good. You sound a little hollow. Are you, like, standing 10 feet away from your mic? How about now? Uh, you guess. I mean, you, we hear you. You sound clear. It just sounds, You sound like you're far away. And I don't like it when you're far away and I get, you know, I get a separation anxiety. You know how I am. Okay. How about now? Oh, perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Sorry. Yep. Excellent. I've got security settings that keep cleaning my browser. It, it moved the microphone to something else. All right. There we go. Stop cleaning your browser all the time. <laughs> well, you know, high security posture over here. Yeah. Velas, what's going on, man? Good morning to you. What's cracking? Uh, where do you want to begin? There's lots going on. You're going to take us down the rabbit hole. So I always yield to you and allow us and allow you to grab us by the scruff of our necks and drag us kicking and screaming into the darkness. So go for it. Yeah, let's uh, let's <laughs> let's get it on. Um, so uh, Armistice Day, everybody. Uh, must never forget. Uh, I had a a course when I was in college where we. Uh, the whole course was a very good professor, uh, covered a lot of the diaries of soldiers in World War One on, on all sides, and just the, the utter insanity of the orders they kept getting given from their command chains about, well, over, over the hill again, 
we're just gonna, we're just gonna keep pouring bodies into it and and uh it was it was i mean it wasn't just you know the pathos of their existence i mean there was a lot of detail about things that happened during certain battles and so on but um certainly a war that should should never be forgotten uh yeah. and and uh like a bad rendition of the movie brazil uh an example of what happens when when bureaucracy just gets i don't even mean this the reasons for the f- conflict starting i just mean for the conduct of the war itself from a military perspective so just a reminder no show for me on november 18th i will be traveling i'm sure the discord page will be lighting up with all sorts of rumors about where i might be um i've posted uh today's topics um uh on discord uh in advance to let you all know what we were going to cover so first topic uh gasoline quality i've had a number of conversations with several of you on discord uh about the and there are many products but the one i've recommended is the lucas ethanol additive you can pick that up at walmart or car parts stores and um, what is the name of that again it's the lucas ethanol additive it's the stuff you and i were talking it's the green stuff that you put in your fuel to counteract the alcohol um so uh, this this is the uh, topic I've raised a couple times about. We got to keep an eye on the states you live in because, case in point, California thinks up to fifteen percent uh, alcohol in the fuel, and most auto manufacturers are like basically five to ten percent no more. So putting this stuff in the tank will will help immensely. The other big area where it'll help out is is uh, any of your yard equipment if you've got some, everything from snow blowers to lawnmowers to what have you, because uh, alcohol sitting in those fuel lines uh, is is not bueno. Um, another takeaway on that also is, as I've noticed, uh, I mentioned on a prior show, there's a number of fuel stations that now have dedicated, um, pumps that are indicating that they have pure gasoline with no alcohol in them. Um, I've got a BP station near me and I've noticed this during my travels and a couple of other, uh, BP stations. Now, if you see the normal, um, filling pumps at a BP station, it's, it's kind of a black handle for 86 octane silver handle for 89 and then a gold handle for 91 or 93 octane um they've now got a separate little fuel pump that's this silver sits by itself and it'll say pure pure gasoline or no alcohol and it also has a silver handle uh so don't confuse the two but if you're if you're looking for that stuff you you can it's it's growing out there as far as places who are carrying it uh diesel fuel uh latest market uh data on the futures contracts is indicating that diesel is already showing a 50 cent drop per gallon. Uh, two probable reasons for that. First is what we discussed last week. The cargo demand uh, for truck traffic has plummeted. Uh, second, fuel industry sources have indicated several of the retooling efforts. We retool our plants around the United States, depending on what it is at different times of year, because uh, you, you've got to maintain the equipment. Um, we switch over in the fall in the United States from uh, summer blend gasoline, which is a little cleaner, uh, helps keep... Um, smog producing components uh more minimized uh the winter stuff is a little bit more forgiving so during that switch over they tend to do a lot of maintenance on the on the plants uh a number of the refineries across the united states they kind of accelerated uh that work to keep the diesel fuel moving so that's two contributing reasons now will we see the diesel prices lower at the pump or what have you who knows but as far as the futures contracts are concerned in the past week or so there's already a 50 cent uh drop uh, Matthew Errett, this one's a little a little aged. Um, I posted on Discord Tuesday, October 25th. Uh, Matthew had a podcast with Sean Newman. Uh, I know Matthew obviously appears on Rogue News most weeks. And uh, what do you call it? He's been on several of our roundtables of late, including the election coverage we had on Tuesday. Um, 
but I can relate to Matthew because he's got so much stuff in his head. Sometimes uh, he can't do it all on our show. So he does other interviews uh, with other, other podcasters or other alternative news sites. Uh, during that interview, he delved into a number of his recent books, which are very good. He focused squarely on the multi-decade, multi-century nature of the globalists and why the same plans and approaches keep popping up. Uh, he did a fantastic job tying together a lot of his work in a single show. So uh, do check out that uh, Discord link uh, if you can. Um, I'm also going to get into a little bit of what he was talking about a little later in today's program. Um, CJ, can you pull the plug on... Uh, YouTube. CJ? Yes. Did, did CJ just... Well, there he is. Dude. I thought he fell asleep on the tequila again. <laughs> okay, we're off there. Okay. Thanks, bro. <laughs> and Gilbert, Gilbert Nowak, uh, yes, on your collector cars, and uh, who else had another... Oh, Heat. Yeah, Turning, turning Gap. Uh, heat is a good product, too, because of the water that sometimes gets in our fuel. So mm-hmm. now moving into the non-YouTube portion of our show. Um, who is SCI? Uh, there's a funeral service company called SCI who had their third quarter call recently. Uh, I posted Ooh. the audio audio clip on Tuesday the 8th. Around minute 35, a stunning moment occurred when a financial analyst asked the executives to explain the continually high death rate in the U.S. population. And there was a lot of dancing language around social factors, all of whom have been unchanged the last five years, because the executives are like, well, we have these various factors. And it's like, like no, no, dude, that shit's all been in place the last five years. Uh, they moved on to another question. Uh, it was certainly a historic moment. The question was asked, uh, and now off to see whether or not that same question starts getting asked of the insurance industry executives. Um, what is the question? Like, what is the increase in the, in the death of U.S. populations? Uh, yeah, the the uh, during the third quarter call, one of the analysts from you know thus and such financial um, said, "Yes, do do you care to comment about why? Because for instance, the firm is doing very good. They're they're selling a lot of products, and they're selling a lot of products higher than they have in prior years. But sure. they have no new offerings. They've not expanded their footprint in the industry. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I mean, the funeral home industry is is an industry like any other. Um, but the analyst said um, deaths are increasing and they, they made the correlation and said, it seems as though it's, it's ever since COVID and these aren't COVID deaths. These are something else. And the executives were kind of fumbling a bit there until they pulled out the three by five card and said, uh, well, there's no truth to the rumor that that's related to inoculations. Yada, yada, yada. So we'll see, but it was uh, it was all over a number of the alternative. Uh, they should know that they should have interjected during the call and said it's cold showers. It's clearly cold right. showers that are killing people all throughout America, and naps. Naps also kill. It's you. sudden death syndrome. Yeah. Uh, and this is the largest. Uh, pri- you know, this is a, this is the largest company that that owns a myriad of, of funeral homes all throughout the country. They're like major. Yeah. So we'll we'll see if these questions keep coming up. But I, you know, not to be indelicate, it's uh, it's a related question to the financials of the firm, but not exactly. Uh, but we'll see if these types of questions now start popping up in other places. And that, by the way, folks, is the beauty of the alternative space uh, when it comes to news reporting and so on. Is is there's so many eyes out there uh, on target, shall we say? Uh, and thanks to Discord, because I found myself on a on a few new boards. Um, 
it's really broadened the amount of, of folks out there that just in their time are monitoring certain topics mm-hmm. or what have you. And, and so it makes it a lot easier on, on us uh, to gather this data for you. So the, uh, the election, <laughs> let's go there. Uh, who benefits? Follow the money. Uh, you know, this feels like things that used to occur in Eastern Europe or in the Mediterranean politics in the 1970s or in the 1980s. And uh, namely for me, uh, purely my opinion, uh, this was what I like to call optical pressure relief, meaning we had the optics of the appearance of an election and appearance some things changed. But the same government who voted to launder at least around $50 billion through Ukraine is alive and well. Uh, there were some real victories out there. Uh, the state of Ohio passed a measure to make it illegal to let any, anyone vote who's not a U.S. citizen. Uh, the fact that state had to pass such a measure is sad, but at least it occurred. Um, you know, the Republican Party, even if there was little truth to the rumors about the 2020 election interference, they had two years to act on protecting election integrity across the United States, namely mail-in ballots, rules about counting votes, the list goes on. Or said another way, just do what Florida did. Um, by the way, Paul Joseph Watson raised an interesting fact. Uh, did you know that Florida counted 7 million ballots on the same day while we're still waiting on countless other elections? Uh, not to it's, mention it's, other, it's uh, terrible. Like, what is the excuse at this point? Now there are the, the election morons in both Nevada. Nevada has fully 50,000 votes to count. They're like, yeah, maybe sometime next week. Arizona, maybe past Thanksgiving. We don't know yet. Like, this, yeah, like, Ari- they Arizona literally think we're stupid. Arizona announced Thursday night. They need the weekend yet to figure it out. Um, Plus, there's a lot of other countries out there, folks, including those that use the whole purple finger thing. If you're familiar with that, that when you vote, you put your your finger in a little inkwell of like this permanent purple stuff that doesn't wash off for days. Those same countries are counting millions of votes in a day, but not key U.S. states. Somebody posted a meme that I I put on the Discord page about American Idol counts something like 50 million votes in in one night. (laughs) The entire U.S. states can't. I mean, it's... it's I want to use the word arrogance, but that's not even a strong enough word. Um... So the Republicans didn't follow Florida's example. And I mean, it's not like they needed to come up with something new as we rub our chins and wonder, geez, what do we do about this whole election problem after 2020? All they had to do was do what Florida did, but the National Party couldn't even approach that topic. And we've witnessed one of the greatest crackdowns on social, economic, medical, and political freedom in U.S. history during peacetime. And of course, I use that phrase, peacetime, loosely. And the Republicans couldn't accomplish a thing and the yeah, public dare i use the word is enraged and either major political party wasn't able to capitalize on that there's there's no freaking way this election proceeded in a way to give the appearance there was some adjustment uh fetterman won pennsylvania because he was supposed to win now we get to see if mike moore is right and fetterman's wife assumes his seat when he steps down due to medical or whatever reason they give Fetterman had one of the worst political performances on live TV since Sarah Palin talking about foreign policy. Oh, and this God. guy was elected anyway. Somebody yep. posted a, 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 I love memes. Somebody, and by the way, go to the fellas page. We do have humor. Um, somebody had, had a, a rather intellectual meme on there where it was like, my frustration now is, do I vote for the party that puts up dead people? Or do I vote for the party that can't defeat the party that puts up dead people's candidates? Some of you may be aware there wasn't just the election in Indiana. There were three different elections out there where 
uh, and I'm pretty sure they were all Democrat uh, candidates, not that that matters. Uh, there was one in Tennessee, there was one in Indiana, and there was one out west somewhere. Uh, the, the Democrat candidates were all dead. Dead. And there were two, two in Pennsylvania. And, and, and the dead ones and in Pennsylvania, one by a landslide. Right. Dead. So it's like, you can't beat dead people. I mean, holy shit. I mean, that's so what we are, we got, man. So we got some runoff races. And by the way, uh, those elections are tabulated with a lot less, um, what do you call it, with a lot less uh, oversight than general elections. So how do you think this is going to turn out? It's like what I said a few months ago about both political parties without debate or discussion approved that initial $32 billion for Ukraine. The only way that happens is half of them are in on it. The other half have been blackmailed or downright threatened. Uh, So in the weeks and months ahead, we have to assess our situation. I know I will be. And uh, as free-thinking human beings, uh, and I mean that sincerely, as well as our tools and resources to continue to fight this by other means. So my last comment about the election is, remember, Operation Monarch occurs in elections especially. Moving on, uh, please see the Zero Hedge article I posted twice on Wednesday the 8th, titled, Regardless of Who's Elected, Imperial Corruption Rules the Nation. There was a soundbite in there that was pretty good, and I quote, The only way to control democracy and markets to serve the interests of the few at the expense of the many is to corrupt them completely by destroying the dynamism of collaboration and competition. Democracy is replaced by an auction of political power to the highest bidder that rewards cronies and devotes all of its resources not to solving the nation's problems, but to whipping up conflagrations of divisiveness and partisan hysteria that wash away the middle ground where problems can actually be addressed. It was a superbly well-written piece on uh, Zero Hedge. Uh, just a quick soundbite. What's the difference between Harley Pasternak and Keith Rainier of the Nexium cult? Not much if you investigate it. That's all. Just go research that. So Twitter. Uh, a lot of what's going on with Twitter is just a shift in the kind of data Twitter is going to gather. Uh, no doubt forms of data more valuable than what Twitter collected previously. Uh, they may let a different kind of audience on Twitter or not kick them off as frequently off the platform as was done in the past. Uh, but have no doubts, there's a business plan underway now at Twitter. The unknown is what is the business plan that Elon Musk and Peter Thiel and others developed before the purchase took place. We will know more as time goes on. By the way, you heard the rumor, right? Elon may may declare bankruptcy at Twitter as part of debt forgiveness and reorganization. (laughs) And equally remember, Elon Musk's grandfather was a member of the technocracy movement. And Bill Gates' father has been involved in eugenics since day one. There's times you could argue we're witnessing a conflict between eugenicists, globalists, central bankers, multipolar advocates, and technocrats, among a number of others sprinkled in there. At times they agree, at other times they don't, and it spills over. Deindustrialization of Europe. Uh, speaking of technocracy, ah, yes, Anrand. Um, uh, I'm a primer on these topics, folks. I leave it to Matthew to do the, the deep dives. Um, an interesting assessment popped up on Monday, November 7th. That was also I posted on Discord. Technocratic thinkers since the 1800s have believed one of the ways to create the kind of change they seek is to control energy or sources of energy. As a sidebar, there are excellent papers and research developed over the years about how petroleum enabled such massive industrial and economic growth since the mid-1800s. Yes, there was a lot of massive pain that went along the way, but the standard of living today is unimaginable to prior eras. 
As we step back and assess the situation in Europe, I agree with the authors of this article that we have a pattern emerging. That being, by cutting off sources of energy, the result in Europe is a prioritization of the energy they have, namely heat and air conditioning to keep people comfortable, and food delivery is taking precedence over European industries who also need those same energy sources. The article points out we're not witnessing European firms cutting back on operations, but in many cases are going out of business. BASF, the massive German conglomerate of businesses like Bayer, has indicated they're moving operations out of Europe to China. Europe is seeing the loss of firms who produce fertilizers, finished metals, finished products, and several other sectors. In addition to China, the other relocation site is the United States. Please recall my comments from last week's program about why were German firms penalized to such degree over the Dieselgate matter versus other firms in other countries who committed the same crimes. Please recall the German documentary I covered a couple of times in the past called Master of the Universe. The German private equity guy who was at the center of that story said in 2014, globalists have to bring down France before they can bring down Germany. That was in 2014. There's also a Henry Kissinger angle in here as well. The long-term goal being major players in the world, whether it's China, Russia, the United States, Japan, Israel, the list goes on. They want to remove the European Union from the game board as a major player. This is the thing with our friends in the global elite crowd. If those oriented towards the United States wish to run Europe into the ground so as to benefit the United States, they're going to do it. For those of us living in the United States, it may sound like a good thing, but I have no wish to see this kind of harm brought to Europe while global elites battle amongst themselves. They've already proven how much pain they're willing to inflict on the world just as much as Europe. There was a 2005 Naval War College talk covering a multipolar world that I recently viewed um, and noting my comments about the deindustrialization of Europe. I posted this talk on Monday. It's two hours long. You may want to skip through some of it. It was uh, given to the Naval War College by Dr. Thomas Barnett. He's published a couple of books that are out on, on uh, Amazon. I've not read them. Uh, the net of his talk was about a multipolar world, in essence, going to be a certainty. Now, this is back in 2005. The speaker used prior research models and analysis from similar and related events to glean where things were headed. More bluntly, you could argue, how does the United States remain dominant in the multipolar world? His talk did not speak specifically about U.S. dominance, but anyone in the audience would be thinking that. Kind of shooting from the hip on my part, what do you do if you know a multipolar world is coming? You make sure, even if you're no longer the top dog, that everybody else is in a much weaker position by the time that gets here. Also, some takeaways about the talk in 2005. The people who put the content together with Dr. Barnett originally created this same debriefing for the major financial houses in New York in early 2001, most notably Cantor Fitzgerald. It then became the 2005 Naval War College briefing. Second, remember what I keep saying about high net worth uh, families and individuals, intelligence agency planners, central bank types, think tanks, the list goes on. They've got the best minds and the best software constantly cranking away at how the giant blackjack table that is the earth is going to turn out. During this briefing, I noticed a lot of the kinds of people I used to work for. They're the people sitting in the off audience that while others are laughing at the presenter's rather intellectual humor, aren't laughing at all. The audience attendees lacking a sense of humor about something this serious are people like my former employers. Also, Dr. Barnett deserves credit for rightly pointing to the fact that 9-11 was caused as much by events like the Crusades in the Middle Ages as the creation of the State of Israel. He also covers another favorite topic of mine, population numbers. 
A uh, big takeaway for me from his analysis on population was is that by 2050 or earlier, global population growth will stop. There's a number of different researchers out there that have been pointing at that year anyway. It also means the demographic advantage of the United States becomes a problem. Since 2005, when this talk took place, what has occurred? Well, a bunch of people have entered the United States across our southern border to look around and see if they want to work here. And there appears to be factors who are going to drive those population numbers a lot lower, a lot earlier, per my earlier comment. This type of report is the kind of analysis where now 17 years later after it was released, the outcome is manifesting itself in our lives like a double espresso. Dr. Barnett's research and predictive work like this is, is when it's good, it's good. And at other times, it's really good. But whether it's Dr. Barnett, George Friedman, Peter Zeehan, the list goes on. They all do good work in their own way. But recall my program where I kind of laid out to all of you what, for me, are the three basic models of people who research the international environment or history. Uh, the third level kind of being what we do here at Rogue. We take into account the players and the, the factors that traditionalists aren't, aren't ever going to touch. And including Dr. Barnett, his work does not really discuss or get into some of those factors. So the analysis like this is great, but it ignores the fact that we've got powerful players putting these events in motion or trying to take advantage of them once they begin. In the case of the latter, that's a phrase you've perhaps heard called a black swan event. Speaking of tabletop simulations and wargaming, the British literally right now, I posted this on, on Monday, are literally running simulations on how bad it's going to get in the UK when power and heat go out this winter. Um, then British pensions, uh, speaking of the British again, an article came out I posted on Tuesday about how even after it cost the last prime minister her job, uh, the British government is still working out ways to either reduce or tax pensions. Uh, they have no choice. They need the money any way they can get it, short of somebody finding a, a treasure shipwreck off the coast. Britain and Europe both, as far as their fuel buying. Um, there's a ton of press out there right now about them battling amongst themselves to get their paws on fuel any way they can. Uh, they're undercutting each other uh, in various negotiations and in some cases are trying to bribe the shipping companies that have the fuel that has already been purchased. Central banks and gold buying, If you and I'm not a gold person, if you review the data, we have continued large purchases of various kinds of precious metals at the central bank level. Some of that buying is being executed quietly. I did cover that on a prior show. They say there are three major buyers out there. Everybody kind of assumes one of them is China. Um, to paraphrase Gerald Salente, when you have global stagflation, central banks need precious metals, period. The storm is no longer coming, everyone. The storm is here. General Smedley Butler, uh, you recall the general. You know, isn't that what QAnon said? Oh, don't start. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is why CJ and I are waiting for JFK. All right. This is why CJ and I are waiting for JFK Jr. Are we not CJ? We are indeed. We should have a dollar bet between us, like uh, uh, trading places. Uh, if, uh, what do you call it? JFK Jr. pops up in some way, a hologram, whatever. I pay you guys a dollar. If aliens Deal. land on the White House lawn, you guys owe me a dollar. <laughs> I think there's a better chance of aliens landing on the front lawn of the White House. Oh, so, General Smedley yeah, Butler. You're, you're, you're right about the whole gold buying thing. It's pretty interesting. I was actually doing a deal for a client probably about two weeks ago, and I said, listen, here's the deal. Physical supply 
is is running low and i and i deal in international markets somebody came in and scooped up 300 metric tons man this was like two weeks ago and then a week yes. later zero hedge you know put it on their on their news but i i, I noticed it like two weeks ago i was putting an order and i was like because i deal on the institutional side and i'm like hey man i need this for his family office do we have any like v we're like backed up somebody came in and bought like you know several hundred metric tons i was like you gotta be kidding me what the hell's going on bro there's so much back order on large orders it's unbelievable right now it's crazy plus with the energy crisis coming up ahead but go ahead develop okay well yeah and it's uh you know the uh the angry man from italy uh, gerald salente uh has been digging into that topic as well um he had some of that same data. Zero Hedge has, has and I'm, this is more your area than mine, V, but uh, in crypto for that matter. Um, you know, Zero Hedge had more of the data from uh, vaults and, and various sources and so on. Salente was looking at it more from the perspective of the behaviors of various actors that, you know, uh, he, he's been pushing for two years or so, this idea that we're, we're headed for stagflation. And, and for those of you that may vaguely recall your micro or macroeconomics, um, inflation is one thing, growth is another, uh, but stagflation is like the worst of everything. And so, uh, the best of both Solent- worlds, man, we're getting deflation and inflation. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're getting higher prices with, uh, frozen wages. Um, yeah. Salente's comment was interesting because he said, uh, I'm trying to loosely recall what he said. He was talking about how, Yes, gold has been stable or somewhat dropping a little bit, but he's he listed a number of factors that he said at some point uh, it's going to take off like a rocket because uh, it has to uh, because of this buying that V was talking about and other other media sources have been talking about. So, uh, and again, not to dabble too much into your side of the pond, V, but I I had another piece of data that I came across where somebody was saying that available gold is so hard to get now the pressure is moving over to futures on mines yeah. and stuff that are still waiting to get that and other other precious metals out of the ground so yeah uh, obviously in terms of u.s dealers man every u.s dealer is pretty much tapped dry everyone from atmax jack hunt um dylan gage these guys and dylan gage is a major supplier is the biggest one they're all running low they have their you, you yeah you want to pay an order for a few thousand dollars yeah you get them but you start going north to 50, 100K, 200K, 300K, a million that, you know, some of these family offices will do. It's not there, Bubba. It ain't there. You, you put on a wait list. You'd be lucky to get it. Well, I'll leave that topic to, to you and crypto, and I'll, I'll stay on my, my side of the school. Uh, and for all of you in the chat board, no, no I feel am free not to taking, add, man. Feel free no, to add. Well, I mean, if I come up with something germane, I'll definitely jump in. But uh, right. and for all of you in the chat board, I am not taking ice cream to Gislaine Maxwell. <laughs> There's a, a side conversation, V and CJ, that's been going on for months with uh, certain of our listeners that keep suggesting that I go take take ice cream to Gislaine, which I can legally do in the in the U.S. prison system. Uh, but no, that's not happening. So, uh, General Smedley Butler, uh, the 1930s commandant of the Marine Corps. Uh, this was the gentleman where a group of powerful, wealthy families uh, wanted to leverage him to take over the U.S. government by using veterans uh, during the time of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, FTR. Yeah, it's kind of amusing if you think how the brown shirts got started, started in Weimar, Germany, but I digress. Um, there's a documentary about the general that I posted on Discord on Wednesday. Um, and as I alluded to earlier, and I've said in other shows, it's funny because, you know, the globalists rarely come up with new stuff. They just relabel it. It's not eugenics. 
That's so 1930s sterilization. It's new and improved technocracy with that sexy Silicon Valley spin. Um, From interviews with General Butler during and following his testimony to Congress, because what happened was is that he went along with these plotters and then he he turned them into Congress. And there were a number of hearings and investigations of like a lot of things, kind of like voting in Arizona, poof, it just kind of disappeared. He said something interesting, though. Uh, and this came out, um, I've not, it's been years since I've read Butler's uh, written work and, and read some of the, the testimony he gave. But in this documentary, they, they had the actual text up on the screen while somebody was reading over it. Um, Butler had said that the people who approached him had a well-defined narrative they wanted to use to smooth the transition to the United States becoming a fascist system. And they told him, and I quote loosely, the public is not genuine or generally aware, but FDR, Roosevelt, is in poor health because he has polio. We can easily make the argument the president is impaired. He's not well. For the good of the country, we need a secondary person in control. This person could operate in parallel with the president to keep the country running. And then they later went on to tell him the public will accept this idea, General Butler, you see, because we control the newspapers. Wow. That sounds so just like now and social exactly media like and Twitter. Now, consider if you have some or all of the continuity of government resources to run things, why theoretically you could vote $32 billion for Ukraine without so much as an argument on the floor of the House of Representatives. So just to repeat, their narrative was, we're going to acknowledge we have an impaired chief executive and we're going to have other resources run the country. To quote a former senior editor of Rolling Stone magazine, the famous Ben Fong Torres, "Mm, I like what we're saying. (laughs) Ben Fong Torres? Yeah. The hell is that? He was in the movie uh, uh, Almost Famous. Oh, I never saw it. He was was like a really young guy running Rolling Stone, Mm. but he he had these weird little quirky personality traits. So with that, I... uh, Yes, Gilbert Nowak, war is a racket, because uh, that's what the general said. I yield the floor, gentlemen. You know, my biggest concern that weighs on me and has been weighing heavily on me since these uh, uh, elections on November the 8th. Um, look, we ever, here's the thing, fellas, and one of the things that you know we talked about, we discussed, is like, it seems that those that are in power, the Uniparty and... It's like they don't care. They don't care, and they because I would say to myself, "Do these men even have? Do these people have any shame?" They're literally counting votes days after the election's over, and then they're telling us that the results of those votes will probably be a week from now, a month from now, next year from now, right? And we all know in our heart of hearts and our subconscious that they are doing some sort of shenanigans with cardboard boxes covering up the windows and blinds and, and spray paint so that nobody could look in with no clear third-party auditing or verification whatsoever is allowed. Any attempt to see the actual counts has been stonewalled in Arizona and in Nevada. We all know the fixes and we all know the screw job is happening. And, fellas, you hit the nail on the head, man. There is no freaking way you're going to have the type of numbers, economically speaking, 
across this country and 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 the and the absolute travail that people are experiencing and not have an outright rebellion not have an outright angst and a, and, and and a vengeance to vote against what the hell's going on and yet you'll see that primaries that or midterm uh, election areas where 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 Barack Obama underperformed twice, where Bill Clinton underperformed twice, the Democrats did a stellar job. None of this makes any sort of sense. And the question that I have, and I'll postulate to you, and this is the this is the exciting part because you you covered a lot of ground here. Do we have a country? Is this already dead? Is it is it the scene that Gus Demas so eloquently puts from the from the movie The Bronx Tale? Now you now you can't leave. Because right now in my gut, I'm sitting here and I know what's happening market wise. Like I know what's going to happen going into the next two years. You're going to see the most incredible rise in the Dow. Dow forty thousand printed T-shirts, Bitcoin eighty grand printed T-shirt. We're heading there, right? Because that's the only place that private equity and the banks have left to go. And the question becomes, is it time, what should we do? Is it time that we hunker down, make our preps, make as much profit as we can, and get the hell out of harm's way? Because everything in me right now, fellas, is screaming, yeah, I think it's time to start thinking about exit stage left. I struggle with I, I struggle with that mightily because of my family's background, and yeah. I've I wouldn't use the word joked, but I've had conversations with with family members where I've said this <laughs> this must be what our family felt like around 1916, 1917, where it was like, right. yeah, we've been running this for fifteen hundred years here uh, in Russia, and uh, damn, <laughs> we may need to leave. I also equally understand why. Uh, it's a it's a very European thing. It's hard for a lot of Americans, but I don't want to paint a broad brush with our fellow country people here. Um, it's hard for people to understand when you don't come from a certain part of the world or ethnic background or whatever, how hard it is. Like Gus's relatives, you know, Greece in 56. I mean, it was a shit show. The reign you've of the colonels. Communists, you've got fascists, you've got nationalists fighting it out in Greece. Uh, it's kind of like one of my professor's jokes about the Spanish Civil War back in the 30s. Pick one. You have fascists and communists. Go. I mean, it's like there's no real there's no real choice there. Um, mm. But for all the Greeks that came to the United States, I mean, I joke about the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding, but it's like it's Greece, man. I mean, it's the cradle of Western civilization, and they had to flee to get out. Um, yeah. There's a there's a book out there that calls the uh, the Scots in America, and it talks about the influence of the Scottish community on U.S. industry and U.S. academia uh, after the, the clearances I talked about on a prior show. The idea, especially at my age, of leaving the country is not just, oh, geez, I don't want to do it. It's just, it's so hard because for my half of my ethnic community, but really both of them, it's like this, is, this would be the second time we've had to do this. I mean, it's, yeah. I, I hate to use this analogy, but it's like, look, if you live in Belgium, I'm sorry, you're everybody's roadway to war. There's, there's just nothing <laughs> I, can, I can do, man. Uh, you know, it's the Germans, it's the French, it's the Russians, who knows? Um, but it's, it's the United States. Now, to Bill's point on many of our Sunday night phone calls, and I agree with him violently, the, the challenge is the, the lack of awareness and the lack of will 
for people to understand that, but we still, by the grace of God, have the Constitution. And Brendan O'Connell talks about this, and other people have talked about this. The laws are on the books. Yeah. I mean, we've we've said it here on Rogue. If you look at, I hate to use the word elites, but people of high net worth or very senior ranking roles in major corporations or government agencies, they were all exempt from shots. They were exempt from travel restrictions. They were exempt. But in a lot of those cases, nobody or situations, nobody wrote a new law. It's just what we've talked about here on the show. You don't argue about your religious rights. You make an argument based on the law. And what's the legal argument? FDA rules that are already in place. You cannot compel someone to take an experimental vaccine. Those are FDA rules. We've listed them here on the show. They've been listed on Discord. If somebody wants them again, reach out to me on Discord, and I'll, I'll go look those up for you and send them to you. But it's like the laws were already on the books. But if you weren't at that level, you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, ironically, just this morning, V, to your point, Mike Moore and uh, his guest were discussing the fact that it's this gal whose name I always forget. She's got her own show. But she was, and you know, she's from the Northeast. She's from your old stomping grounds. And she was talking about how she can just tell by looking in people's eyes that they've just given up. They just, they don't know what to do. And it's yeah. like, you know, I think a lot of me, everybody. The danger there, before I wrap up, the danger mm-hmm. there is, is you tend to find yourself in one of two universes. Either people who are just kind of like, I've given up and I've become apathetic and I'm just a honeybee in the hive. Or you get the people in certain parts of this country that are like, well, okay then, I'm not going down without a fight. And both of those are not are not good. That energy has to be channeled towards the system. The, but again, like I said, here's you have the two political the parties. Why did one of them not get involved? Exactly. And, and you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And here's the thing. It's like uh, the, the, the ones that are on our side that are still like of our mindset who are who have the vitriol, who have the anger, the, the fire in the belly to, to go on the offensive and not keep it classy. <laughs> we st- they still wanted to, quote, unquote, follow the rule of law. The rule of law has become a, a, a fetters of iron that shackle what really needs to be done. And, and, and we all know what really needs to be done is to purge Washington, D.C. We cannot do it. And then unfortunately, every single econ- – now, we can say states' rights, states' this, states' that, stick to your local state. But economically speaking, Washington, D.C. and Wall Street can do – damage to you nationally at such a level you cannot you cannot even stand if you want to cook the states crank up the spending in dc increase the increase the 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 knob that says inflation and just turn it up and you'll start cooking the frog you'll start creating upheaval everywhere including in places like florida right we are in like uncharted territory because one of the things i i worry about is this while our side was talking about playing by the rules and using the rule of law, the demon rats or and, 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 and the rhinos, what they've done over the last several years since 2016 is really fetter down and uh, centralize the entire mechanism, mechanics, and operations that has to regard with voting. They have so locked it up. That there's no like how how is the average American? You've they've taken our ability to, to vote. What is left? 
Do you see what I'm saying? That's the that, that's the reality. Well, yeah, of- and it, it it goes to a, a couple of thoughts because because uh, there's there's sunshine at the end of this, folks, of a fashion. So bear with me because I know I've got some folks that are close friends of mine that are going to be ringing my phone off the hook in a minute about you've, you've got to you got to give me something to look forward to. Um, it, it goes to the warning I gave a couple of months ago where I said there are some very rational people out there that have put forward the idea from the the tabletop exercise wargaming analysis universe that they've said if the balkanization continues because during our election night coverage and i know gus said something similar on his program on wednesday the balkanization topic if this balkanization continues you could have the potential that you've got enough major cities who can force those states to change the constitution and that is a whole new level of biblical now dot 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 for some of the people i used to work with they would say, but even that doesn't matter if somebody turned on the cog, if someone has turned on the continuity of government. I've raised the thing about, and I, yeah. I've had some some ex-folks I used to work with that have said, hey, look, man, come on. You, you know that the briefcase isn't always exactly around the president. And it's like, right, but half the time we don't even know where Joe is. You know, they just got to give him a cookie and some more Adderall and put him back out in front of the cameras. Some someone and someone else's, and it's it's a whole bunch of someone else's, are are running this thing. Now, I did post on, and it it does dovetail to your point, and it goes to what we were talking about on the election night coverage. We have to force this topic from the ground up. We can't do anything, and I don't mean we can't, but it would be exceedingly difficult to do anything at the Washington D.C. level. One of the things I posted on Discord the other day is the fact that okay, here's what they're not talking about which is school boards all across the country have been reordered, both during the midterms and prior. People have learned the tools on how to fight back against dictatorial employers, how to fight back against medical organizations about your rights. And I will definitely put our friend Bill in the category of the Roger Bannister four-minute mile, the show I did where I said, what changed when he broke running a mile in less than four minutes. Did he have new shoes? Did he have a new training technique? No, he believed. And as soon as he broke the four minute mile within, I think two or three months, he broke his own record again. Then within a year or two, at least a hundred people or no, I'm terribly sorry, like 40 to 50 people had done it. It's, it's the analogy about the science fiction show I gave during that same show where I said the, Space Above and Beyond program that was on Fox in the 1980s about the machines that went insane when somebody inserted into their into their computer code the phrase, what if, and just left it wide open. There are a number of voting boards at the local level, school boards, and the list goes on, where radical changes have taken place for the good. You won't hear about that because we also have to check ourselves at the door here. I've said it many times, and I'm as much a victim of it as we all are. We're dealing with very, very good people at messing with our heads and making us believe that up is down and down is up and that aliens are landing on the White House lawn. We, we have to kind of check ourselves. Now, it's to say everything's fine. <laughs> no. Well, let me ask it's, you this, man. Wargaming this thing out, right? You, you made mention, again, going back, you're talking about the local level, the school boards and all that. Yeah, there's been great victories that have been happening on the local level. The... Um, the other thing is is that even though it's happening on the local level, you know we have the whole co- the uh, convention of states, right? Where right now I think it's about thirty one or thirty four states have already like enacted 
uh, or in the process of enacting the the the, the, the convention of states um, articles, right? Like you mentioned, what if what if they you know what if DC and the powers that be the uh, private interests here activate continuity of government? It may and have already been. Scenarios, but the, but the point is this: the old the ultimate sword of Damocles over every single one of these scenarios, every single one of them, whether if a state's uprising against the central government, whether it's continuity of government, whether it's uh, the, the 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 convention of states, whether it's like winning in local elections, there is one sword of Damocles that hangs over everyone's head, even the elites included, and could wipe them out. And that is an economic collapse. And that's the Convention of States? All of them. I I would be terrified of that. And it 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 reminds me of many a science fiction program where there's some sort of machine that's been left running for thousands of years that's keeping everything in order and somebody wants to fiddle with it. Um, the founders of the United States were not perfect, far from it. And they were intellectuals in a lot of cases, and they were part of the Enlightenment. And as I've said on prior shows, it's always been my conviction since my days in graduate school that the United States is a reaction to the British East India Company. Mm -hmm. And that's why the Constitution is so goddamn important is because it is one of the most supremely well-written documents when it comes to protecting property and individual liberty and to perhaps incorrectly channel a bill. Um, this is what so many parents had to struggle with when it came to protecting their kids because it's like, well, wait a minute. You want me to argue that my kid is livestock? And it's like, you got to get past that. You have to understand the way the framers of the Constitution from European law and English common law, where they were coming from. But yeah, that's your argument. Till that kid turns 18, that cattle is still yours. And any harm caused to it, whether physical or intellectual, is a court case. But you have to understand. And again, I, I hate to get too philosophical about this, V, but, but I'm also still left with the idea that the feels of the world and others, that... I don't know. I don't want to get, get this esoteric about it, but there are times that I do get the feeling that a lot of, not the really wealthy, powerful people that are just trying to hold on to their little empires. I'm talking about the really creative Silicon Valley types and the technocracy people that are like, I wonder what would happen if we did this to the human intellect. What do you, what do you think they'll do? How long will it take them to react? How quickly will they be able to build defenses for this latest thing that's been done? I feel at times in a strange twist, you know, and this kind of goes into Judeo-Christian thinking. Sometimes the only way to get believers closer to God is you've got to push them under a lot more pressure. Yeah. And so here's the pressure. And and here's a, there might be a little hope here because the only thing that makes the constitution work, you know, we we, we, we always talk about the importance of the constitution, but we forget the X factor. Remember what Franklin said. It's right. a if you can keep it, keep it. But everybody, nobody bothers to recite the other aspect or the other part of that quote, which is it is for a morally religious and upright population or citizenry. Right. The Constitution works because you have a religious upright population, a morally upright population. The Second Amendment works because there's a religious and morally upright and vigilant population who value the sanctity of life, right? The First right. Amendment works because there's a religious and morally upright 
people. Now, you take that equation away where there is no morals, where there is no God, there is no religion anymore, there's no civilization, right? And then you, you get rid of that. What do you have left? I, I, I mean, I, we, I talk to most people that are in our line of thinking, conservatives, libertarians, and whatnot. They're like, you know, the only thing that matters to most of them is the fucking economy. And I'm like, no, you can have an economy and you're, you're putting the cart in front of the horse. You, it, 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 it's, it's, all these things are secondary to how good a, a, a population is, how good and how upright and how virtuous and how, you know, and how astute and learned a population is. We don't have that. We well, and from a that. not in the masses, dude. The masses after this election, you know, you made a you made a comment earlier about you could tell by their eyes. You walk around, there's a lot of dejected, downtrodden looks that people have. They are like cows at this point. They're like lambs being resigned to the slaughterhouse, and they're accepting their fate. And they're just hoping that if they keep their head down, maybe it won't be too bad, and we'll figure it out. This is terrifying where we are right now, man. Extremely terrifying. And I'm asking myself, am I making excuses by you know for this by saying, you know what, we have more time than we actually do? Or is it time that we focus on getting acute on our preps? That's my greatest struggle. I know that's also your greatest struggle right now as well, fellas. I am I am channeling my dead relatives right now and have been for two years that it's like this is an opportunity. Um, this is an opportunity for enlightenment and I've been delving a lot with some of the folks on the audience on discord into some of the, and folks, I do have a show coming. Just <laughs> give me some time, uh, back on the alternative archeology span history. how do we get here? Post ice age thing. You look at a lot of the ancient belief systems V even Patrick Ryan's work, uh, Patrick, who I mentioned often and was on the show, uh, a, a year or so ago. You know, Patrick's Ryan thing about about living systems all seem to go through this process where they have to self-reinvent. The, the challenge we face, as you know, is, is we've got some very, very powerful people out there that have some ideas about how they want things to turn out. And thanks to technology, they have resources at their disposal they didn't have in the 1930s. But I'm equally thankful for it's kind of like uh, Doc Keck and what he's been doing with his legal case. Um, he is the Roger Bannister four-minute mile. That is yet another weapon. The reaction by the uh, Atlantic magazine about, well, we just need an amnesty. Um, but yeah, the other thing too, as you well know, is is that we're not just talking. You know, I had some friends of mine tell, tell me, well, you know, the country's gone through. It's like, oh, God, stop, stop, mm -hmm. stop. You're reminding me of people I worked with in telecom in, in 2001 when the layoffs were coming down in the tens of thousands. And people in that industry are looking at me saying, well, uh, we'll be hiring you back or maybe AT&T will in six months because this is the way it's always happened. And I'm looking at them going, this industry's dead. It's over. This is yeah. it. We built, we built, no, we have to shift. No, stay with me, folks. We have to shift to another line of work. And I saw the same glassy-eyed expressions of people telling me, but this is all I've ever known. And so 
I've known so many people that I've spoken to on Discord of late or people I know socially who, while fighting school boards or fight, let's just call it fighting injustice, wherever it may be, and them telling me how terrifying and frightening this was. And then after they achieved a victory or victories or forms of victories, or at least are fighting the good fight and have said, stay with me because it's like a bad, a bad relationship that you finally get out of. I feel so horrible. My God, how could I have allowed this to go on for so long? These re- and it's like, wait, stop, quit beating yourself up. Where, where were, you know, this is why elites always have all these advisors, which is what we are here at Rogue News to all of you. You don't normally, the average person doesn't have access to the kinds of information that elites have. You know, how do I fight not getting this shot? It's like, well, you need these FDA rules. Don't bother with religious freedom. But you wouldn't have known that. And that's the beauty. And that, frankly, is the danger to them of any of us in the alternative space because we truly have become like the Borg. We are so much stronger that we can all talk to each other. And yes, I take your points with deep seriousness, uh, V, about where we are right now and where things are going. Because I've had some people reach out to me and say, "Well, this this election proves they've they they're they're complete they're in control completely." And it's like, "Yeah, but the more control you exercise, the greater the possibility to blow it all apart." I've seen this time and time again. Our founders knew that you can't have a political system that enforces too much control. This is why dictatorships not only always self implode but with horrible consequences. The other thing too, that no one wants to talk about that I will agree is a classic political science, international affairs takeaway is our founders had poll taxes. Our founders, you had to own property to vote. Now I know we, we changed all those rules, but to your point V Franklin's comment about it's a Republic is the, elite, if you will, of the founding of the United States, or let's call it what it is, the founders, the business owners, the shopkeepers. Franklin once said, a nation of shopkeepers is seldom disinterested. Those folks had a vested interest in protecting the Constitution, in making sure it was followed. And we've now found ourselves in a situation where those types of people are no longer in government. And yes, it's been said by many, even friends of mine in the legal community, most lawyers out there suck. And a lot of the judges out there suck, but that doesn't mean that with a well-ordered and a well-constructed legal argument, you can't inflict immense harm on the enemy. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a shit show. We're, we're, we are officially, <laughs> the storm is here. We are officially yeah. the, the storm is show. here. But we got we to gotta see how this all finally works out, number one. We got to see, as I'm fond of saying, they can't keep lying anymore. D- Jamie Dimon has been saying since June, we're in a, we're already in a bad recession. And so I bumped, yeah. I was taking a, a jog yesterday and I bumped into somebody I know who's, who's big in the, the financial space. And they're like, Hey, did you see the markets? Man, it was up 1200. And I'm like, you know, nothing. <laughs> you want to sock him right in his jaw. <laughs> you know, and I told, I told this person and I said, you and I both know that doesn't matter at all. And he's like, well, how does it, how does it not matter? I said, talk to me next June. Because in the back of my mind, I'm sitting there thinking, we got to get through the starvation and freezing of Europe. We got to see what kind of a winter we're going to have. We got to see what diesel prices cost. You know, there's a whole bunch of factors. This is a war, folks. We got a whole bunch of variables we got to monitor. The first order of business is what does the Senate and the House look like? And even if the Republicans follow through, 
some degree of caution here because I know our friend from Kentucky wants to start calling witnesses against Dr. Fauci. But we've already discussed this. You can't do shit to Fauci. You can't. I don't mean he's too powerful. Screw that. It's the fact that Fauci makes recommendations. Again, what do the elites know? You have no legal authority. Your agency makes recommendations. That's all you do. You have no legal power. A judge didn't issue this order. Nobody, oh, well, the president, screw the president. president doesn't have that authority. Issued an executive order. And you followed it? Well, you're an idiot. I don't know what the hell else to tell you. But it's like, you're going to call a bunch of witnesses. Hey, uh, you know, Rand Paul, uh, I like you. I respect you. You've done good things. You've helped bring a lot of things to the surface. Uh, how about we start talking about Fauci's um, patents he's got on certain drugs? Let's start talking about, you know, why don't you call in BlackRock while you're at it? No, like, no really show me you're serious. Exactly. Exactly. CJ, you Stay were saying tuned. something. I, I, you know, give me a little. I feel so much frustration this. coming out of CJ right no, now. No, <laughs> not not at all. I think I, I think everyone needs to frame this up in a different perspective and look at this completely differently. Um, I think the experiment that we just went through was another massive psychological operation in regards to the election results because right away the mainstream media started picking up and it started resonating and it channeled through to a lot even even ourselves a little bit in terms of our commentary but if you really look at i haven't looked at all the raw data but when you really look at the 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 states and if you look at the voting there was a very much significant gain in traction in terms of of what transpired with this this election and if you think through it makes perfect sense why the media did this because they they did the same thing with covid in terms of the psychological operation that we need to stay home we need to do these things they do the same thing with ukraine right that 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 ukraine is winning the war against russia we need to do right. these things and we just went through that same experiment with this election cycle so i'll be brief but let me point this out okay you but you really encourage everyone to think through this okay so they needed to print, they need to bring the image, the thought that that Biden has been successful into this election cycle, that Biden is, is capable of running for reelection and he's capable of his base in, in states of, of maintaining that vote. But when you look at the analytics, let's say, for example, let's look at the Senate. OK, let's look at the Senate, for example. We had over 20 percent of the states not even voting in this election cycle. Okay. So therefore, therefore those seats probably will be red majority States. You have, you know, Texas, Tennessee, uh, those particular areas. If you would think that there was any particular gain in some of those areas, even if you look at Fetterman and, and let's face it, like we, the, the GOP ran a couple of flawed candidates, Oz, as well as Walker. Um, it is what it is. We can't change that. But you would have thought like if we witness a massive exodus, um, you know, for in, in some of the states where people left those blue states, even even some of the conservatives left and went to Florida, for example, you would think that the percentages difference would be, be very significant. And I think it shows primarily in, in the governor's race. So if you look at the governor's race, for example, and you look at New York, if you think that there was a, a mass exodus of, of that occurred in New York with people leaving, which probably did happen. Right. Again, you would have thought that the governor race would not have been this close. You, you would you would have not have thought it would, there would have been a, a clean sweep. But, you know, you're talking about an actual governor for a very liberal state. And look at those voting percentages. 
So I think the truth, the devil's always in the details in terms of the, the, the raw numbers that are being presented. And if you also take a look at the House, for example, you see where the GOP gained a seven seat. So I think the map that we're looking at in terms of the red that's that's in our country, that's a significant progress. That's, that's a lot of gain. That's a lot of momentum. Look at California, for example, where you see some of those areas that, that are, are turning considerably towards more towards the GOP. But the media wanted to create oh, yeah. this illusion that there was no red wave that occurred. Uh, but it did. It did happen. They're just not reporting it because, because again, we don't have the raw data. We, we don't have the voting if we took, for example, the governor races or the Senate races in some of those competitive states and we benchmarked those against the previous year's results. What, what would that reflect? And I guarantee you, you would see the, the data reflected in the percentages of gain in, that, in those particular blue areas. And let's face it, they, they didn't gain conservatives. You, they, they gained people, people who left that state, not, not the momentum. So, so I, I think that the devils and the details – I think that it, it by far is reflective. And yes, there's definitely some some things going on in in other states, but I think they're very they're trying very hard. Nevada is another perfect example. You know, you know, Gus talks about Nevada and how he you know, he left that state in general because of just how left leaning it was. And and I believe that they're going to be looking at a um, let me go back to the screen here a little bit. Give me one second. You go back and you look at governor for that state, you you're you're leaning red there. Right. You're 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 leaning red. So so I again I think the media launched this entire uh, uh, propaganda that that the conservatives are dead, that nothing took place, there was no red wave. But I think that I think if you really look at the raw numbers, you would see significant gains in a lot of areas. And like I said, twenty percent of the country didn't vote for Senate. And how much of this map that you look at the states that didn't have elections this cycle would those be red? Indiana. Kentucky, several states that you'd be able to see that number reflective. So in all, um, definitely not what I thought it was going to be. So that's one consideration is just the raw numbers. The, the second piece of the consideration that we all have to consider is that right now, letting into, leading into the economic tsunami that we're going through, the GOP really struggled with their conversation in terms of the differences they were going to make. They ran on the anti-Biden, the uh, the, uh, the the borders, those types of things. They, they didn't have a significant amount of game plan in terms of things that were going to do structurally any, anything different. Um, and I mentioned earlier about potential candidates that maybe not, not ideal candidates that maybe didn't resonate, people didn't want to vote for them. But I think uh, in all, I think that, that the, the takeaway from here is that in order for us to continue the, the spending, in order for us to continue... Um, the illusion, if you will, is that right now, overwhelmingly, we need the unison of, of the party in Washington, D.C. They can't afford not to have the gridlock. They can't afford uh, to have that. They need to be able to streamline their bills, get these things passed. And, and again, I think most of it's just mental warfare that's taking place. So I don't I, I, I'm, I don't look at this as, 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 the, as the, the big takeaway that it's, it was significant loss. I look at it a lot differently. Um, it's. It's just one of those things that I think, again, because of the media, a lot of people got it wrong in terms of it. But I think in, in all, when it's all said and done, yeah, there's going to be fraud, right? I, I seriously doubt that, that Arizona is going to flip or, or anything else differently in those states. But I think it's going to be time will tell. And I think that the GOP needs to get their, their stuff together. They need to get their act together and, and determining you know, who's going to be their, their, the candidate, their leader that's going to 
move away from some of the people who are the never Trumpers who, you know, regardless of their thoughts, are not going to vote for him for, for him regardless. So look, look at it a different lens. And I think that you kind of you, you'll evolve to some of the perspectives that I just just shared with everyone. Solid stuff, CJ. Solid stuff. And again, yeah, I don't view it as as defeat uh, this election because there's too many too many aspects of this that that were positive. I think, uh, and you've nailed it on the head. You know, this is that's classic Sun Tzu, the Chinese tactician, about if you're if you're losing a battle, you pour it on. You know, and that well, we've seen that before, and and certainly uh, Roy Cohn taught that to Donald Trump that the more you're losing, the harder you fight. So the other side is just trying to drown us in in data or drown us in stories. But that's why I said on election night, I want to see what the turnout was. Did we have a higher turnout than average for a midterm election? Yeah, we need to see the raw numbers. We we need to see the the the, the percentages different uh, within within those, especially the blue areas, the red areas. I'm not concerned about Florida, uh, Texas, and everything. But I I want to see what significant gain occurred in California, in New York. Uh, those particular areas, because it, it holds true. And we did, you know, obviously we did have a lot of people uh, that moved out of California, moved out of New York. I mean, let, let's, I mean, California, how many Senate seats does California have? It's, 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 you know, fairly, it's fairly significant. So, so I think within those numbers, you would think that there would be, it'd become even a stronger democratic stronghold uh, versus any competitiveness. Because again, the exodus of people that left those states were primarily conservatives. Very true. V. No, very well said, both of you. See, you got a video here, real quick. Yeah, just I'm not going to play the whole thing. I'll put the link over in Discord <laughs> later on. But I, I'm really starting to like uh, Clayton Morris was previously, I believe he was Fox Morning or maybe the yeah. Saturday Show, and his him and his wife launched it launched a uh, podcast called Redacted, and they're they're covering some great topics, um, much more. So you know how um, Siger and Crystal like to label themselves as the 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 new the new media or the transfer. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not, they're not, but, but he is touching on some serious issues. Uh, his mic gain is a little bit too loud. He needs to turn down a little bit, but he has a well as timed into what you said in regards to uh, some of the, 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 the higher levels amount of deaths uh, that are occurring. And he did a great, um, I'll just play just a couple of minutes. Play. Of this. You guys get a little taste of it. Adjustments and there's a, but zero to 24 years old. What the hell's happening here? A few weeks ago, we saw this. This is towards the end of September. We showed you this chart. Now, this is from the CDC. Okay, this is the CDC's own website. And in red X's at the top there, what you can see are the, uh, these are all excess. All of the areas where there's like little plus signs above that red line that looks like a wave. Okay, all of those above that are excess. Abnormal. Abnormal. And it's growing. Now, if you look at the current trajectory of excess deaths in the United States, take a look at this. Now, we'll get to the UK in a second, but look at the current excess deaths. This is from this afternoon, okay? This is the CDC's own website uh, data. So just look here as we track up, and you can see as we continue to go up this steep hill, climbing, 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 and, and continuing to grow, Excess deaths the week of uh, the la this ending last week, okay, the 43rd week. Look at that. Astonishing. And the cumulative excess deaths in the United States from 0 to 64 years old. From 0 to 64 years old, okay? Now, if we scroll down a little bit more, and you'll see 
from uh, that's 65 plus right there. Okay, that's a little bit higher. But then look at this, zero to 24 years old. Zero to 24 years old. Astonishing. Look at that chart. I mean, I, you know, it's not hard to, you sort of sit there with your, when I look at my, like my mouth's open, when I'm looking at these data points, <laughs> you know? Well, I, and that's the thing. It's, it's a like ski slope. Th- we, yeah. And we expect our, our mainstream media to like, you know, like, why aren't they going through these numbers? Why is. Okay. I'll put the, uh, I'll put the link up at some point. To, to quick, real quick soundbite to what you just showed. And thank you for doing that, CJ. Um, I posted on the Discord page yesterday, uh, and this this goes this. Now I know there's going to be some folks detracting on me on this. I get that. I know why you feel that way, but people are learning how to fight. People are learning how to do research and break through the wall. There was another report I posted on Discord yesterday that showed miscarriages. From the Vaccine Adverse Reaction System, the VERS system, that is maintained by HHS and CDC. That's a government, that's government data, exactly what this guy just showed. And it's terrifying. You should, there's these red bars towards the end of the chart. It started to skyrocket within four to six months after people started getting inoculations. That data's out there on Discord. So, yeah. and again... I, I know I've said this a couple of times, and, and I've joked with a couple of you on, on the Sunday night calls that, that when I can make it. I joke, but I'm serious. I said last year, or earlier this year, terribly sorry, I said in the January, February timeframe, we are going to have some crap that comes out by the end of this year that is just going to disturb the living shit out of you. And 2023 is not going to be much better. So mm. strap in, get the four-point harness. And, and hold it together. Don't get, de- I, it's hard to say, don't get depressed, but hold it together. Try and keep an objective mindset about this because the more that's coming out, I mean, people lived for years in this country without knowing what happened with the syphilis inoculations down in Florida or a whole bunch of other shit that was going on. Or let's be candid, uh, the 1920s and 1930s with the eugenics programs, just unilaterally sterilizing people because I don't know. You look like you come from a poor demographic. It'd probably be better if we just sterilized you and your whole family. Um, what's worse, the fact it's happening and you don't know about it or the fact you find about it later? And it's the same thing with this data because I'm telling you what, I hate to say this. I know I've said it. Others have said it as well. The one thing that always seems to galvanize people is when you start finding out the degree to which they're hurting your kids. And the more this kind of data comes out, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a family member right now where we're trying to figure out kind of what's going on with this person's health and whether or not it's a side effect or it's just an age thing. Um, this is some serious stuff, and so you know, stay tuned. But that's why this community of people, whether it's on Discord or other folks in alternative space, but thank you so much, CJ, for showing that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll and there's another one that that I'll I'll put in the Discord later on. But there is a a lawsuit um, that has been filed by. Uh, several uh, officers, marine, uh, military people who have been uh, harmed. And the data uh, from the military is even even more eye-opening yes. as it reports to, to VAERS. And there is a lawsuit that a judge has allowed it to, uh, to continue. And one of the former health officials 
who sounded the alarm that was with the military. Her life was completely disrupted. <clears throat> she was active military at the time that she said this is completely wrong to do, to do this. Literally, she became homeless overnight because they locked up all of her things. Like she could, her family couldn't even enter their home on the barracks. I think is that the name of it? And somebody just posted. I think, uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long, Air Force Flight uh, uh, Surgeon. Yeah. So, so they. I mean, it's just a. But she is part of this movement where the courts now are like, we need to look at this data. We're hearing. So, so what you said, Velas, is true. There are, there are, there is progress being made, but unfortunately. Our side, we just don't we, we don't have the amplification of of uh, the, the mainstream media and these other things because they suppress it. We, we I'm not going to go through the whole thing of how they do that, but uh, we, we just don't get enough because, again, it doesn't it doesn't hit our algos and everything. But, yeah, the, there's a lot of wins. I'll try to find that video and maybe we can maybe we can uh, watch that for next week because it was, it was a great interview with her and several of the other former uh, military people who resigned who have, have experienced um, injuries. So it's it's. People, people are starting to take note, for sure. We're getting better over time. We are getting better. And it's 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 a war, folks. There's no other way to say it. This is, you know, I know uh, we, we've talked about this on Rogue a number of times. <clears throat> Don't go looking for a savior. Don't go looking for, for one battle to win the war. There was a, a, a political analyst uh, that I was reading their work yesterday, and they made a comment where they, they kind of issued a warning to the two those who self-describe as, as the political left or the Democratic Party, where they, they said about the midterms, you may have won a battle, but you're still losing the war. And mm. based on, on the data that they had behind that, it was it was food for thought. So uh, we've got a little over today. I will see you all again. Well, I don't know when I'll see you all again. Guys, are we doing a show the day of Thanksgiving week, or are we recovering from Turkey? I don't know. We'll play by ear. Siege, what do you All think? Right. Yeah, by ear. Ear. See, see, yeah. see how, how All right, so I'll be, I'll be back on shortly. I'll certainly be in the wings uh, listening when I can to other shows that are coming. So, uh, but uh, with have, all I'm of that, have, have a good soy, weekend. Have a good holiday, everybody. I'm going to have a soy Thanksgiving. <laughs> get some soy turkey and, you know, some soy everything, man. You get in touch with my feminine side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have uh, a lot of bourbon around the holidays. That's a given. <clears throat> Sounds like I've been stocking now. up on bourbon and ammunition. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty not a not a, <laughs> not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. CJ stocking up on tequila and five five six. Ain't that right, Siege? Yeah, somebody posted yesterday that apparently there's a turkey shortage this year or something like that, or maybe maybe. Shit! You kidding me? No, that's no. true. Damn it! <laughs> but there's some there's some we have some farms close to us. We so get some uh, fresh turkey. I might do Chris. I might do goose this year. I don't know. Christmas go. ham. Come on. Ah, ham. I'm trying to ham pork consumption <laughs> as much as possible. All right, gentlemen. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Siege, thank you for working the airwaves. Um, Vela's great shit as usual. Um, and folks, enjoy your weekends. Uh, we'll be back Monday. Uh, Harley will be in Monday as well. We're gonna get that uh, doctor guy in uh, with his cal- with his uh, lawsuit. Uh, this coming week Virginia lots of good stuff and uh yeah with that being said El Cuco take it away